Good evening, friends, and welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers. I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday going? Uh, this week is great. I, I, I haven't had any new technology purchases or huge <laughs> tech things happening. I, I mean, nothing great, but it's been good. It's, been good. it's summer. I love it. I, I am a summer monkey. So here we're recording on uh, June 1st, actually. So it's the uh, my, what I would consider the first summer day. How's you, how are you doing? I, I've seen pictures of your of Drake's brew house coming along of, super of my super house. Well. Yeah, you you mentioned purchases. I did purchase some uh, accessories for my Oculus Quest. Oh, yeah. I got the the padded thing for the straps behind your head um that seems okay. You're buying you, got, you bought you bought some strap-ons, did you? Yeah, yeah. And a set of cloth like fabric things that go on the face mask part of it, yeah. which I like except the part by by your nose, sort of like just barely touches my nose, which is a whole thing. Like I have a beard, and that is constantly <laughs> tickling my nose, so that's kind of kind of annoying. But um, I like it, especially if I am ever in a position where I'm gonna let somebody else use it. Yeah, I want like a clean uh, face experience. There. I agree. But, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I bought a replacement I've, for for mine because I was sweating in the original one. And I, I yeah, wore the, I had wore the, the not so sweated, but I cleaned it, but still, it was like, yeah, I, I should have not been exercising <laughs> in this, in this thing right, without a protective right. cover of some sort. On yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm getting to the point I'm doing, I'm doing intense enough, uh, Beat Saber stuff that I'm, I am. Yeah. You tell me you're like beating like, expert level stuff. I am stuck on yeah. hard and I think I'm going to stay there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's sort of, sort of how progression in real life works right you right the first the first time i tried a, a hard you know downloaded and tried a hard song you know a song that only had hard difficulty i'm like how do you do this is impossible and then <laughs> you know, went through the campaign for a while and got to got to a song that i could do on normal 100 percent, right no no mistakes and i'm yeah. like well i could probably do this on hard and then once i did that then i got more um, more familiar with the patterns to say like, oh, that's going to go like this and go yeah. like this. The ones, the ones that still get me are when the arms, when the sabers cross sides, when you're supposed to hit oh, something on your left. That kills me and, and it makes right. me angry. <laughs> like, why, why had, would you put the right hand on the left? What's wrong with you? I had, it's sort of a testament to the, to the immersiveness of VR that I had, I had to break myself of the idea that the sabers were real. Right? Yeah. Like I kept like I couldn't get them too close to each other. I couldn't cross them where they would like intersect my body or anything, which <laughs> obviously none of that's true. They're not, you know, they hit these cubes that you're not going to lose points if they if they hit each other. You can swing yeah. them in ways that you couldn't because it's not real, but it right. certainly feels real. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, the, um, we play we played uh, some Star Trek VR again this weekend. And it's, you mm -hmm. know, every time that I put on the the helmet. It's, it's it's so just so different. It's I, it's sitting over there across the way, and I've played a lot of other game game, you know, like video games and stuff this this week, and um, I, I still love playing them all. But every time I put that darn headset on, it's almost immediately the same feeling of like, oh, I can't play normal video games again. This is just no. It, I, this is how video games of the future are, right? I sitting in the Star Trek world, I'm like, yeah, I want to just live in this area while I'm playing. You know, I I don't get that feeling playing Diablo three, but. 
I, the, I, there are some things about it that do and some things that don't. We, in our, on our ship had a lot of technical issues. I kept disconnecting oh, and stuff. And yeah, that's my, yeah. my perennial complaint about my crappy internet. But, um, you know, like the load screen, now that I have the, the DLC and you come around the Starbase to see the Enterprise D, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's, that's super cool. Super um, cool. I very often have a kind of, uh, like it's not quite paranoia but like a little itching feeling that makes me uncomfortable to not be able to see right like sure like yes i have this thing on and i'm seeing you know beat saber cubes coming at me but every once in a while i'll like hit the ceiling or bump into something around me and i'm like yeah i'm not i'm not really here i'm in this room and someone could be in the room and i wouldn't know you know the door is right. closed and locked nobody's in the room but it's just that like little sure thing itchy thing in the back of my in the back of my mind but, i think uh, i think some of the games some games are different than others i i know i know how you feel when like when i play beat sabers that's a, that was a really good example it's especially cuz it does pausing so like not pausing like the game's over and you're sitting at a menu like right. i think i think at those times is when i start to have that feeling of like i'm in a room again right yeah. and but but when i play like Asgard's Wrath and stuff. I'm always immersed in the world. Mm. You're everything's in a world. Even the menus happen like in the world, and and I, sure. so I always I I never have an opportunity to feel like when I absolutely do hit the the guardian thing. Then I have that that feeling of like oh yeah shit I'm actually in in a room. <laughs> you know, I, I forgot. Uh, so it's yeah. some games are more immersive than others. Super Hot's another one that I sometimes will have the feeling you're describing too of. Oh yeah, I'm. This is. I definitely know this isn't real because it's intentionally not to be a real look. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but anyway, that was like I, when I, I, I really when I tried I really to uh, when I tried to watch a movie on it, I was like, this is not comfortable enough for me to just watch a movie without. Um, and I mean, I'm kind of restless when I watch movies and TV anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm in a game and playing, like when we were doing those those Star Trek missions, like I was into fully what we were doing. But when I tried to just sit and watch a movie, I became very conscious of the way the thing fit on my head and sort of the weight of it and all that. I was like, no, I'd rather just rather just watch on an iPad. Like it's not worth. Yeah. I had I had an huge... experience that I tried this weekend with it. Um, I did, um, which we can talk about this too. I forgot to put it on our list. Um, mm. I watched the um, this, the Dragon SpaceX uh, launch into space. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I knew it was going to be on big screen. Um, oh, so, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I put it. it I set an Amazon reminder to remind me, and uh, Alexa told me that mm-hmm. you know it was coming up, uh, and so I uh, put my helmet on. I was sitting in the living room, and I, and I put put my my thing on and launched into to big screen, and it was right there, like you. As soon as you launch the Oculus, like you click it and it takes you right into the room, um, sure. and it was easy. It was it's actually really nice because this, it was a really big, like watching it in a big theater. But I had to watch it with other people, and I right. I did not like that. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I I at least my initial you know go at it. There were other people. I think I went into two different rooms watching it. And one of them people were trying to mess around the whole time because obviously leading up to launch, they're not actually doing a lot. Um, so people yeah. are throwing popcorn of, and drawing pictures and sure. hopping around. And so, or, or talking. So I just had to like mute everybody. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. So that, that was enough to make me feel like, you know, I'd rather this be in my own private room and maybe I could have watched it in my own private room. Um, but then I, I tur- took it off. I took it off because I wanted to watch it with Sydney. Right. Oh, like right. it's another thing you can't with VR. It's still solitary. It's very, a solitary experience. Yeah. Everybody right. needs their own. Well, I, I had that experience when I was at your house playing around, yeah. um, when and you had you had Trotsky's headset at the time, and so yeah. I, while you were trying to figure something out with the new Picard episode, I was just searching around in the app, and I was like, "Oh, there's public rooms here. Here's some guys watching. I don't know. They're watching some old '80s TV shows or something." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, they're showing this room. I'm gonna pop in there and see." And it's like it was a small enough group that it was like if somebody jumps on our Discord call. I'm like, you know, the guy was like. Well, who, oh, Trotsky, what's up, man? <laughs> right, because because of course I had Trotsky's headset on. All right, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, back, help, get me out of this. Get me out of this I thing. I don't <laughs> want to meet people. I may, I may try this week or next to try and see if I can't uh, organize uh, uh, another big screen night with the, the VR people. Now, now that we have a good representation of our friend group that has Quite VR headsets, people, yeah. Uh, I th- I think it'll be, and we have the technology, we've got the thing we can, I think, cause it's kind of fun. It, it is kind of fun when we are all in a thing, watching it and able to walk around and talk. And that, that was our last time we did it in big screen was very fun. We just ended it like, Hey, next time we'll do good. And we didn't have a next time. So speaking of, um, new technology, remote watching, this is a thing. I also speaking of things we forgot to put on the list, um, the uh, Plex app just rolled out a feature they're calling Watch Together. Just oh, right. Like, did you did you uh, test that? I haven't. The The big uh, sort of um, caveat for me there is that it's not supported in the web app yet. Oh, I watch it on the web app a lot. Yeah, so do I. Well, I probably use it most on a Fire TV and an iPad. Yeah, but, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, for our, like for our watch together stuff like i'm sitting at my computer i'm using the the web app although i do also have the desktop apps i don't know if if they have the mac os and windows uh uh, desktop apps supported yet but it's it's that idea where multiple people connect to the same plex server they watch together and the biggest sort of aside from not being supported in the web app everyone watching has controls over the controls like anybody could pause it oh I'm okay like, eh, i don't know about that yeah i, I think so as that's because i think a, everybody would in the same group at least would give the the one person who hits uh pause a, a big headache every you know yell at him every time probably so, sure i mean which <laughs> you know which is too, i mean if that were real life if you were all in a room like anytime you pause it people are like ah, oh, what do we know what are you doing? Yeah, if everybody has terrible. the ability to pause, you would have that same kind of reaction. Yeah. Um, the other feature they just added, which is really cool, um, is a skip intro button. Oh yeah, now, yeah. That, but if, that's that's mainly for show TV shows, right? Or of of course, yeah. yes. Right. Um, and now, if you use uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime, has this too now. Um, you're familiar with this feature. It basically, if you're watching a TV show and it has an opening theme, uh, you know, segment music, a little button will pop up. It says skip intro. So if you're binge watching a show, you don't have to sit through the whole minute and a half 
space the final frontier uh, (laughs) intro segment you can if you want to but you don't have to and you don't you also don't have to try and play the the game of chicken with the like jump ahead 30 second button and and try to land right under you just push one button you're into the episode and and i'm i'm sure the the listener out there is saying like well netflix has had that forever it it has and and it's it we're just re restating that it is a good thing like yeah and what's what's sort of uh noteworthy about this to me is that i thought about this feature right like i've been using plex for a while Mm -hmm. uh you know for my personal media and i'm like man it would be cool if um if plex had this i'm like how in the world would they do it like netflix manages their own thing and they've got all these servers and they probably went through and are like well this show the theme always starts at the beginning and it runs this long so start at the beginning and then like some I imagine some person had to go in and set timestamps uh, right. for all these shows. And so I'm like, well, then Plex could do it, but it would be like subtitles. Like for a long time, subtitles in Plex had to be included with the um, with the video. Like sometimes they had to be originally they had to be embedded. So the video would either have subtitles or not. And you would have to have different versions if you wanted to uh, switch it on and off. And over time. You know, Plex is, I think, basically at the front of, you know, developing more smart, smarter technologies to um, uh, do those kind of things on the fly. The same way that Netflix does, but without massive Netflix budget. Right. Um, and so I thought, how would they do that for user? Like if I rip all the episodes of um, of Star Trek original series off the DVDs and put them on my own server. How is Plex going to know where the, where the theme music is? Like there's a scene before the theme music. It's different for every episode. And all they do is the server analyzes the video files for your TV shows and looks for identical segments. Yeah. Like they look in ones and zeros. Yeah. They look in the first few minutes and are like, okay, where is there, a, a stretch of video that's the same on every episode, at least, you know, for a season or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, this matches the segment just like it in every other. So this is the intro. And I'm like, right. oh, right. well, of course, that's how they do it. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> right. So obvious. It's the, that, you know, that's that's uh, that's one of those programmer epiphanies. Like when you when you're mm-hmm. get really nerdy here, but when, when if you're any kind of a programmer, and you finally figure out a solution to a problem or you go to the internet and find somebody else has a solution. And then you have that thing like, Oh yeah, that just makes so much more sense than the brute force method I've been using forever. That's right. makes me feel terrible. And then you have that feeling of like, yeah, people are so smart. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it is moments like that when you see people figure some kind of an interesting puzzle piece out to the world or technology and, and you get a little bit of like, Oh man, the future is so great. I'm so glad that we all work together to make things better in like the, the way we are now. Um, Cause we can all have, share information and it's the goodness of the internet and you know, what's it called? Um, cloud sourcing stuff nowadays cloud, back, cloud, back cloud, before crowdsourcing cloud crowdsourcing. Yeah. Now, now back before you had to read every book possible and mm. hope that something was similar, man, you know, progression just is going to happen so much faster it's, every time Moore's law. It, is a thing right right yeah it's 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 so easy to focus on the negatives especially with stuff that's going on yeah lately with the riots and the mm-hmm. you know it, the virus stuff wasn't enough but 
really there is there is so much good and so much positive um you know gains and advantages from from that collaboration and even competition like drives yeah. some of these things and absolutely yeah Be, being able to to like just think about if you were a programmer in the 80s or the 90s even early 90s is that you know you you have to develop something and every single time let's say you want to make an interface for to monitor a video game and to to make health right to track mm-hmm. health you have to every single person in every single game and every single thing has to code and figure out how to do make that work right they have to do it for themselves there's no real source or you know unless you phone call group or go to conferences and maybe talk to people now if you have a problem and want a thing you do a google search and somebody has yeah, done it I, videoed I, it i won't say i won't say i can't imagine because i did learn how to program in yeah. 93 and 94 before yeah. i had the internet and you know used a programming language that had a very robust um help dictionary yeah, so i could yeah. look up whatever i needed to, but i was you know i was doing everything in some of the most like inefficient ways possible imaginable sure. um so i was 15 right. but um yeah in my you know ever since then in my whole professional uh career as a program i'm like i can't imagine doing this without the internet like yes i have done it enough that i know you know i know most of what i'm doing now but I learned all of that off the internet over the years. Yeah, with with, um, with like with like programming and uh, specifically, it's um, where our profession is one where you have to evolve or die. It it really is an evolve or die thing. So I think it's been for me about every five to seven years. Um, I I'm almost forced as a career to change languages that I have to to work with. Mm. So um, I become what I would say an, an expert full. I mean, I fully believe I was an, I'm an expert in a specific language uh, where I can do many things on the fly. I know how to do stuff. I understand the ins and outs of it. And then I have to learn it somewhere else. Now I'm still an expert in my career, in my job, and I get better at that, but I have to learn all new ways to speak a language and the internet Everyone lets helps you to do that. And everyone is doing the same kind of thing in all these different languages all the time. And they're like, they, they can help you with, oh, this is how you do it from one and another. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of crowdsourcing is invaluable. Now, you were mentioning how, how good it is, right, that we have these things. It's not just with programming. It's with everything in the world. Like, reason people can redo their flooring or make new cabinets on their own and put a new door in is because they could go to the internet and there's thousands of people just saying, "Hey, here's how you fix your steps." Right? Here yeah. here's here's how you fix I, this thing. I did that. I probably mentioned this, but when I I've done tile in both of the the shower surrounds in my in my house, and the first one I just did based on the knowledge I had of tiling. Like dad helped me tile the floor, and so while he was gone, I started the the tub and I'm like, "Oh, well I'll just the the top of the tub must be straight so i'll just start the tile there right. and by the time i got to the ceiling the 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 width of the tub which is like less than 3 feet i think had like almost an inch different difference once i got yeah. to the ceiling and it was a mess and i'm like okay well i can't do that so i'm going to start with the laser and that'll give me a straight line 
And then I'm like, let me check some videos and see. And like some, you know, Eastern European guy with a thick accent, he's like describing all his steps and he does this and this and this. It's like, it, you know, stuff goes all the way back to the, to the first steps, to the framing. Like if you, and I knew that because when my dad put an addition on his house here, um, the guys that laid the foundation, the, the cinder block foundation, did it off square, which means the diagonal measurements were different between the two, the four corners, um, by a, a distance of like seven inches. Yeah. Which is, which is huge. And yeah. so all the way up, like when he put the shower in his uh, bathroom, he had to custom pour it because a, a pre-made one wouldn't fit because it's not square. And every piece of trim that he cut, the 45 degree wasn't right. It had a gap because the walls weren't square. Like problems all the way up. Anyway, I, went, I got lost in the weeds there. But <laughs> like it's it's so easy. The first time I did grout, I'm like, let me look up grout. And the guy's like, we're going to use some of this. And it's the same brand of grout that I bought. Yep. And he's like, you mix it up like this. It's, you know, turns out that mixing that stuff is like making biscuits. There's no... Um, specific ratio you just add water and stir it let it sit for a little bit if it's too thin <clears> add more powder if it's too thick add more water until it's about right and then yeah. and then work with it it's a little more right yeah and, and we science. have the, the ability to we don't have to have dads or uncles or or you know, moms or anything to, to teach us the the tricks that we may not have been taught by those people because they didn't know or something and or right. you know how how are you so handy with the thing? Well, I grew up with an uncle who taught me everything as I was doing stuff, you know. Well, I never had that kind of a thing, so I don't. But now I have the capability to do things like that, like to do to do grout or whatever, you know. And anyone can. I, I, yeah, my, one of my employees more, is like, they uses it all the time. Yeah, and I mean, you'll definitely find, if you go on forums and, and stuff like you'll find people who are super toxic, which... You know, yeah, is, yeah. Pr is probably true in most communities. But if somebody's taking the time to, like, make a video and walk you through the way that they do it, um, you're also getting more, you're getting a broader, um, like, sample size to say, like, you know, one of the, um, you know, I, I quote Merlin Mann all the time, the podcaster I listen to. He has a story where I think it's his mom would always cut the ends off of a roast when she'd make roast. Yeah. And, um, and he asked her one time why, and well, she did it because her mom always did it. And so she went, you know, and it had been years, probably decades. She'd been making roast this way. And she asked, you know, his grandma, her mom. And the only reason she did that was because she had a small roasting pan. It wouldn't fit otherwise. And without that, issue of the small roasting pan his mother had just kept following this same tradition without knowing without understanding why thought it was just an essential step that you always did because you only yeah. had this straight line of of sample size to just do it the way that you know whoever taught you did it and so if they were doing something in a in an unnecessary way or a um you know something like that then you uh then you have this. So like I can, yeah, I can ask my dad how, how I should do this or where the tile should start. But even though he's done tile in a, you know, a dozen or 
maybe 20 different projects. The last one he did might have been 15 years ago. And maybe the, you know, the, the quality of the materials has changed or, you know, changes in building codes and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's where it's really like before the internet, you would have had to take night classes or, um, just you know, get it go some kind of weird like, thing or like maybe even go pick to the, up a book at the library. Yeah, maybe. go to the library and get a book and all like it was a whole big thing. But I, I, you know, in the middle of a project can, you know, set thing down, pull out my phone, go on YouTube, see a video three minutes. Yeah. And now I'm back. And now I'm back working again. I don't know. I mean, there, there's so we, there's so many more too. That, and this, but. we it, it gets a lot of flack these days, but and yeah. rightfully so. But like TikTok has the whole like. Um, girls showing how do you dance, right? The little thing okay. where you, like, you put your foot sure. here, you put your foot there, you do that. And, and I know it's, they're getting a lot, they get a lot of crab for it. But like, I was thinking the other day, I, I am, first off, I want to say I'm a terrible dancer. I have no rhythm. <laughs> I, I, I love to do it when only Sydney's around and no one else could ever see, right? Cause, you know, sure. she, she has to love me, I guess. But, um, you dance but, like Chandler on Friends. Oh, Yes, or the guy off uh, Fresh Prince, the 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 brother. The oh brother. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's how I how I dance, um, which I love it and, it and it's fun and I enjoy myself. But I am never going to think. But I remember though, as they're, they're showing these things, and now I'm doing my little jigs to to Alexa singing. Uh, is that um, I remember back in college and going to parties and there's dance stuff and there's dance floors, or even in high school, like I don't know how to dance. I don't know. <laughs> moves or things and no one you can't ask people to teach you and you don't want to get taught none of this is new but here it is you could just go on and everyone is teaching everybody else how to do things like this is the yeah. internet right this is so great yeah. that we have this stuff. i don't know how we got on this tangent but i i want to reel us back just a little bit back um because I, I didn't get to talk to you about kind of roll over it um you- you asked me at the very start of the show about the house and since yeah I'm, since I'm talking <laughs> yeah, right. about the i we mentioned I've mentioned several times that what I think of as our as our last big major project, which yep. is not really like we have to replace some rotted boards in the garage and we have to redo all the screens on the on the porch because it's enclosed. But I bought somewhere around Black Friday, I bought flooring for the whole first floor. It's about 800 square feet. Um, oh. And so we started that it's engineered hardwood. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that. That was the better part of um, Saturday and Sunday. Dad and I were over there, and Sarah helped us. Sarah helped us Sunday. Andrew helped us Saturday. See, it's, it's very um, satisfying when you're done doing that, right? It really is. And I did the second floor with laminate, which was it was nice. It was kind of a like this is okay. Uh, my whole uh, decision making logic with the with the laminate flooring was it's cheaper than carpet surprisingly and more durable right because like the first time you know a a dog you know has an accident on a carpet like it's it's ruined like yeah Yeah. you can clean it but it's not it's not the same anymore where you know a laminate flooring will hold up to quite a bit um but i did that and it was kind of it was kind of tricky to install um, like it's easy compared to actual hardware that you have to nail down and everything, but, um, it only went together this really specific way. And if you put too much pressure on it, the, the tabs that snap together would crack and then the piece is basically ruined. Um, yeah. 
And so I was expecting something kind of similar with with the engineered hardwood on the first floor, but it's really not. It, it the connect the connection is a little bit looser, and so you just put the pieces in one at a time. So I would crawl around on the floor and put the pieces on, and uh, Dad would make the cuts for me. And we we have to the the worst of the angles are still ahead of us. We're about halfway done. Oh, okay. Um, but but we've gotten some of the like th- there are two closets that we had to go through and um you know we got all of we got all of that but really yeah like once you get going do a couple rows then suddenly you know what was still kind of a construction zone maybe just with some some uh ceiling trim crown molding and painted walls now the floor's in and you're like oh this is almost this it's is like almost a, a house place, right yeah yeah, yeah the, i i agree i i when i did um my sunroom um, on my own, I I was done with, and it's it's pretty much a square, so I didn't have mm-hmm. a whole lot of problem there. Uh, but I, you know, I cut it and I put it all, did it all myself, and I mean, I had my uh, then girlfriend help me with it, and it was it was very satisfying. I, I remember getting done with it, and like this looks beautiful, it's so nice. It still looks beautiful. Uh, I did end up having when I did the rest of my up floor, I had I paid somebody else to do it, mm-hmm. um, just just for convenience factor, but. It's so it's so nice. It's so nice to have that. You know, a flooring makes a house look totally different. I think. Yeah. Um, and I know that you've you've been For sure. waiting to get that in. And I saw pictures, and it looks really fantastic. It's looking looking sellable soon. I know it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, so something I was gonna I, I wanted to get your thoughts on too while we were here. Um, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, so did you get to watch the the whole uh, SpaceX launch thing? Um, I saw some videos of it after okay. the fact. We were we were working over at the house Saturday, so I ah. didn't watch it live. We, I, it, it felt good. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that uh, um, I don't want to say it got overlooked because it did get a lot of it did get a lot of pr- uh, press and views. But I, I remember going to my news thing every morning. Almost every morning, I always look through the news, right? And just mm. it's it's rough a lot. Yeah. Um, but but uh, it's been rough for at least four years, about right, you know. Right. And the the so it's to get good things is kind of nice. And I this was such a good thing that I thought you know this was would dominate headlines, and it was just like a little bit of a blurb in in the whole mm-hmm. thing. And it, that kind of made me sad because while watching it, I, the feeling of everyone coming together to do something and feeling of unity, and they did put a lot of. Uh, positiveness into the idea that it's an American thing, right? That, that this is yeah. a big milestone for America. And I felt so positive, very in a good patriotic kind of way, Sure, you know, that seriously patriotism can be seen as a, as a negative word these days sometimes. And that's terribly it's, unfortunate. It's um, complicated, but yeah. it, it is complicated, but it, sometimes it, it doesn't have to be. And this was one of those things where it doesn't have to be complicated. We were doing such a great thing as a nation and a pride that we had. And it wasn't that we were better or worse than anyone else. It was just something that we had all accomplished. I didn't, but SpaceX and the people who <laughs> right. had worked at that. And it, it felt so good to see these people being so you know, unified, I guess, and, and positive and hopeful of stuff. And when, when it happened, you felt, I felt along with them that joy. Right. And, Mm. and they were all such smiles and 
professional. They're you know so much beforehand. They're so professionals and they're they're they know everything about everything and they're so sciencey. But then when when it's over, like a guy comes in from this guy who's like fifty some years old and a former astronaut has tears in his eye because he was so happy that it, his friends made it up into space. Right? Yeah. That that stuff is uh, very inspiring and it was so cool to watch and and when I watched it, I thought this is this is what we need. This is something that we need to we really really need to have uh all across this country and it was really unfortunate that it rolled into other b- bad things from one bad thing to a bad thing which there's nothing to belittle any of the bad things they're very important but it's it is unfortunate that we we can't have more of a focus in our news cycles of the good positive things and we have to yeah. keep reiterating the terribleness of everything uh, right so anyway, I hope people watched it, and if you don't, you should go watch it because we it's a it's a monumental thing. And if you don't know why, ask somebody or look and find out why it's important that after seven years we're going into space and we're not doing it primarily through, you know, Russia. the government. Yeah, or, we or, we saw we watched a a short video sort of explaining the significance of um of doing it this way and how they have uh, SpaceX and Boeing sort of competing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for the for this for this project, which was I mean, people can say what they were, whether, you know, 10 years ago when they're like, oh, it's so foolish that, you know, enterprises of their own businesses will go and do this. There's no way, you know, and here we are. We're having some people and I don't know the whole politics or the whole um, whatever the, any situations are with Tesla and the owners or things or whatever that is. All I know is that they step forward and are doing a thing that we had hoped Americans could step up and do. And it's happened. It happened. We were successful. And the government who we all, I want to say hate and cut (laughs) and cut ridiculously cut the Hmm. budget to to explore our future of space. We are able to work and do things as a country without that is very yeah, sure. is you know without them and we and it's we're going to make it happen even if people are trying to to go against us right that that made sure. me feel really positive <laughs> and, and, and happy hey uh moving well, okay. speaking of speaking of that uh yep this seems this does seem like kind of a ridiculous segue but it's really very close to this to this real life topic mm-hmm. um Netflix just dropped a new series uh, called Space Force. Right. I was going to kind of mention into that one. Yeah, it's sort of a weird sort of sort of thing with this, you know, happening at the same time. But it's um, another Greg Daniels project. uh, Who did The Office. The Office, Parks and Rec. And also uh, we talked about last week or the week before um, the show Upload Upload. on Amazon. Um, uh, He did this show with Steve Carell on netflix um and it's do you want to try and summarize what it's about uh well it's it's space force <laughs> it's yeah. like it, okay so it's a satire on okay so we're gonna talk we have to we can't talk about this show without having a little bit of politics in it because right. it a is little- based on the absurdity of our current administration creating another branch of there, the government called there, Space Force. There is a little bit of that. And I think um, you said you've just seen the first two episodes. Yeah, I just saw two of them. So I, I, I 
I'm okay. We're ta- think... we were we were kind of taking it slow, but I'll watch it by the end of this week. I think. Yeah, it's you know in in true Netflix form, the whole first season is out right now. I think I've watched like four or five of them. Yeah, that makes um, me. We said this before. It makes me sad though because um, I it dropped and I saw it. My first thought was like, we'll just watch all these this week, and then I was like, yeah. oh. That that means that we're going to have a conversation in two weeks. It'll be about, about the whole show. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, we had the same thing with upload, and we talked about this when. Yeah, uh, I, I don't not a, what I will. I reiterate as I always do. Not a fan of the the the, the drop it and binge. Yeah, it. I can't. I can't believe you know if I went back to to two thousand and ten me and said, you know, this dropping a show. All I mean, I don't know when this started. Probably right. Like House of Cards or something was the first yeah. Netflix original, and we um, all loved it, right? right? And you're yeah. like, oh, it's it's all here. I can just watch it. I mean, Stranger Things is the big one. Everybody, knows. yeah. Uh, or you say clear? Like it, it really, yeah. it really hinders, um, you know, the like community and the conversation, the talk around a thing without that that weekly release schedule. But anyway, um, so for at least I, the first two episodes, if we if we go into any detail i mean do you want to go into detail and talk spoilers well, well hold on let, let, let me let me do some summarize this I, I i will okay. say because I, I guess i didn't get to say it. because i just wanted to warn everybody that there is some political things oh yeah in political here, uh, right. trigger warning Tr- trigger warning there, there you go nice dennis um so that this is based on the it's a it's a, a satire on the um the fact that in real life we have our president has ordered a new formation of a was it fifth branch of the the, gov- of the military called uh, Space Force? Space that's a Force. very real thing that's actually made. Um, so uh, it's so crazy and so absurd that we would we would make a branch like this when we already have like the Air Force does it and things that uh, they decided to make a a movie based on how absurd it is and right. and and how it's a real thing and kind of like the Office. You know, Dunder Mifflin's not a real place, but it's definitely there are paper companies so this is like yes there's a space force and they're going to have to do things there and isn't it absurd so that's what this show is kind of about and it follows along with steve carell's character who happens to be the man in charge of space force he is the four-star general newly minted four-star general newly four-star general he's one of the joint chiefs of of staff of the of the arm and so that's the that's the key is that, that space force is a branch of the military, right? Yes. It's the, the, the army, the Navy, the air force, the Marines, space force, and also right. coast guard, but they, you know, make jokes at their, at their so, expense. so within these first two episodes, which we're going to talk about now, and Dennis is going to give us the spoiler bell. Yeah. So w- within these first two episodes, um, they, I can tell that it's going to be kind of like the office that I think, I mean, you've probably seen more than me, so you'll know that hopefully they're gonna they're gonna uh, go so absurd or that it's not really like a real place, like kind of like The Office. There's no way that Michael Scott would ever be a continued boss, and at some sure. point you're just gonna realize that oh, this isn't a real life office; it's just a funny thing. It's it's a comedy, and they're doing the thing that The Office did. Although I think on The Office it was a little more organic. Um, over time because they started with and I don't I could talk for hours about the office but they started with this um, very British like absurdist humor where the boss is just a complete like a-hole 
and that's funny for six episodes of a British uh, sitcom. But for an American show that has to go, well, that went nine years, but at least like six with Steve Carell, um, you gotta you gotta make that boss character sympathetic in some way. You can't just have a complete, you know, horrible person as a boss and that be sustainable and entertaining. Like it's funny right. to a certain kind of viewer. But anyway, what they I, did I, I'm with that character? On... Oh, go ahead. What they what they did with that character over the years is um, put him in situations where um, he had something in his past to make him kind of sympathetic. But the thing that, that I, that I see the parallel here with, with space force is that he every so often will show, um, uh, extreme competence. Yeah. The parallel I draw with that in the office is the first episode where, um, Michael Scott does this is, is they go and meet with, um, uh, that guy from SNL, whose name is now escaping me, but they meet at Chili's for um, oh yeah, I remember a business meeting. Him and Jan, and he spends the whole night just goofing around and making jokes with this guy, and then at the end of the night closes the sale. Right, and and so you see that like oh he's not a you know I mean he is a ridiculous buffoon, but he got to this position of manager because he's an excellent salesman. Right, um, and the uh Nerd, general Nerd uh character has done that a couple times uh in as much of the show that I've that I've seen. Yeah. So you, you and I that, I've but... not I've not seen that. It's hard for me to judge and I'm not sure. judging this whole show in two episodes. I've not seen that yet. In the second episode, they don't play that at all. Like he's trying to get a dog to do a spacewalk. <laughs> the, the like, monkey. At, at yeah. that point he's a complete buffoon. Right. Yet yet in the last two minutes it makes him like a sympathetic normal intelligent person and so so in these two ep- first two episodes i really don't know what they're doing or what they're it really feels like a first season first couple episodes yeah. show yeah. like okay they haven't really gotten a ground of who these people are and what they're doing yet um because john malkovich's character is funny but then super <laughs> annoying right and and yeah. i don't know if i'm supposed to laugh or i also don't know if i'm supposed to laugh at um general naird's character or be on his side right i feel conflicted sometimes i you know oh is he a complete moron or is he just put in a bad situation is he making the best you know and i've only seen a couple episodes past but i think like most good comedies it's it's sometimes both like i don't know if ben schwartz's character ever becomes sympathetic like he's basically just playing a more realistic version of Jean Ralphio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. His character is funny in the first two episodes, but just as a, a come on the screen, say something funny and then go away. Right. You don't, you don't want, you don't want too much of him. Right. Um, but, but so that's what I'm wondering too, is that sometimes they'll, they'll drop real life absurdity into things, which is kind of funny, but also kind of depressing. So it has the same kind right. of feeling like when they talk about the Twitter stuff, you know, like, Oh, I, it's so important that we, yeah. that we tweet everything and we got to have these connections and it's funny because it's real, but it's also very sad. Well, and you mentioned, really yeah, you mentioned the politics thing. They do that without ever um, making it real, right? Like they don't name 
they don't name the president. Um, There's a, there's a whole side plot in an episode that involves the first lady um, sending them or, you know, wanting to uh, wanting to change the uniforms, the space force uniforms. Yeah. But she's never named, right. It's clearly, you know, it's clearly the actual first lady right now. But, um, and then they have, they have a, a Hispanic, congressman who is clearly uh um parallel to a a young real life right right hispanic congressman Mm -hmm. so or congresswoman so they are definitely pointing out this because that's kind of what inspired the show is that absurdity so i kind of get it but it's it's almost i don't know the fact that we're we live it every day and it's so terrible that, yeah, um, it's a you, it's it's risky, right? It's a little on the nose. Like when they made the office, well, they're they're basing it on the British office, but you know, they're this thing. They're like it's the it's the early two thousands. We're moving into the internet age. We're moving into a paperless world. Like what is the what is the life of a paper sales office look like when you know there there's the threat of of downsizing and and potential branch closings be like it's based on real events but in a vague big picture kind of way yeah um, and, 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 and not and not not everyone works for a paper company but right. in this case everyone does have a president who does these <laughs> right. awful things and it everyone is affected by negatively by these terrible things yeah so. and and with parks and rec they sort of did the same thing although after i mean just like the office after the first season and a half they they leaned a little bit away from that, but really the, you know, the idea of the show is like in the wake of, um, what the second, the second recession in Oh eight, some, somewhere around there. Um, they're like, Oh, there's big, um, you know, there's big things happening politically in the, you know, the global economy, the international um, you know, stage and all that stuff. And they're like, what about small local government? Like they're going to be dealing with that kind of stuff. And there are going to be people there who are just as passionate about their opinions and their ideas as people who like, you know, want us to cut off all trade with China, like big things. They're going to be people just as upset of, of over whether or not they're going to put a stoplight at this intersection in their small town. Um, and that's very real too. But again, not in a way that like, you know, most people don't get involved in their local government. Um, yeah. If, if, or if even I, pay I, attention to it. If I watched like the first episode, first two episodes of The Office, uh, it's about downsizing. And they, they tell mm-hmm. a lot of really bad jokes if you're in the middle of being downsized in real life, right? Like it's right. hilarious for everyone, unless your, your job is actually, you're in a pressure cooker of being downsized. I'm sure someone watching the office would it be not appreciate the incompetence of Michael Scott trying not to fire people when he yeah. should be being honest. Like it, it would hit too real to home, right? Like, but yeah, for, yeah. but for 90% of the people watching it, it was funny and humorous, but you could understand that. With Space Force, when they do those jokes, every single person is feeling the terribleness it's of like the fact cringing that... a little bit. And I'm yeah, I I think and again I'm only a couple episodes further than you, but I know a couple of our friends watched it and said they really enjoyed it. I think it's gonna be similar to um 
Avenue 5, although Avenue 5 took longer to get this to this point because of just the actors. Like, I'm not used to seeing Hugh Laurie in a comedy. Um, I know, I know, you know, Steve Carell's, uh, you know, his talents and his, and his places. Like, the character he's doing is a little bit Michael Scott and a little bit like his character from Get Smart. Oh, right, oh like, yeah, right, yeah. Like, he has a specific thing that he, or not not specific thing, but, like, he has things that he's good at and a lot of things that he's not good at. And that is what, that's part of what makes those characters work. Like, you can't have somebody be constantly incompetent, right? Oh, like, you, you know what I think I just realized what we're missing, in, at least in the first two episodes? We're missing a gym. We're missing an everyman audience surrogate. Like, yeah. I, 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 at least in two episodes, we don't have that yet. That's like true. There, there, there's because I think that's why I'm getting confused here. Is the general the normal person here? But episode two, he clearly is the dummy. Right. But episode one, I think we're supposed to be he's the one and everyone else around him is crazy and he's normal. <laughs> right. But but that's but is hard, that right? That's hard for me to say. I think. Because we don't we don't have it. Who's the normal person? We need it. We need somebody. It's to, not. To... It's not always like um like Parks and Rec doesn't have that either. Like the, oh, I think I I think Brandanowitz in the first uh, season definitely was the audience surrogate. Yeah, it's sometimes like Brandanowitz is sort of that guy, and then it's some and, point and then it moves in ben, to Ben. Yes. Ben usually is, although Ben also goes out there. I think on Space Force, it's probably going to be sometimes General Naird. And sometimes Dr. Mallory, maybe um, um, John Malkovich. Well, yeah, that, that's that's what I think. I think I'm going to watch that. I'm going I'm to pay attention to that because I think that's going to be important. It's going to be important. If, and if they don't have a clear one, I think that may be one of the things that causes confusion. I, I know what I've read so mm. far in, in the spoiler free reviews have been totally the same thing. They haven't they didn't mention an audience surrogate, but the, a lot of the things were I don't know. Who's supposed to be serious and not? So, right. so, so, uh, I, again, I don't take any stock in those things at all. Um, mm. but so far that's at least for the two have been pretty much how I feel. Um, but I, I, I am definitely going to watch the rest of them. I'm, I'm, they're yeah. funny enough and Steve yeah, Carell and everybody else is funny. enough. It's funny play. enough. And I think I, I get the feeling that it's definitely one of those that'll like have a couple moments of like, um, you know, serious kind of emotional resonance, but mostly be comedy. Yeah. And, and I, not all shows can be like upload in the first season that drops be fantastic. <laughs> right. Right. The office is the perfect example of that. It's Sydney starting to watch it now. And some of it just isn't great. And I really want her to like it. And I really, cause she has friends that like it. And here she's taking the opportunity to watch a show. that has got 8 billion seasons I want her to like it, but sure. you really should start at season two, but you can't skip season one because you have to get like, you can't skip Jim and Pam. You can't right. skip some of these fantastic things. Uh, I am going to say something quick about the office though, is that since I'm watching season one with her again, mm -hmm. uh, so many people don't make it like there's sure. so many people in that office that are not in it past. The, you they know, have, they have more extras. Yeah. Yeah. So many extras. And, um, you can see the people who uh, you know will grow into bigger characters in later seasons and be a core part of the cast that they're just not got their characters yet. Like Meredith isn't quite there yet. Sure. 
sure right Kate and Leonard. and uh kevin right they're, they're not mm-hmm. their characters at all so so you see them and when they talk they're not their characters that they will become so you're like right. oh they clearly have not told kevin who kevin's going to be yet and because they don't probably know i meredith yet I've mentioned a couple times that I listened to the Office Ladies podcast, which is really good. Um, yeah. And they were doing a thing that I think they're mostly past now, where um, Mindy Kaling's character, Kelly. Kelly, you're right. Um, yeah. The way they describe it is she starts out as Kelly in the way that Greg Daniels and the episode director's uh, wrote and envisioned that character, but she's one of the writers. So over. Yeah the first couple seasons, she gradually transitions into what uh, Jenna and Angela call full Mindy, which is the the Kelly character that we all know, the ridiculous, bubbly, yes. in love with Ryan character. But she doesn't start out that character. No, not at all. Like, in episode two, she... I know we got, I know we got sidetracked with the office. But uh, in episode two, she uh, they do the race uh, episode... And she slaps Michael because she gets super offended, which rightfully so, the things he does. Sure. Um, but, like, Kelly Kelly would be totally not even paying attention at this point and, right. and not involved or doing something. Like, that is not the Kelly character at all, who she is in the first couple episodes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because... So, anyway, my, my point was that... Um, it's so funny how different the first season is compared yeah. to what what the, how great the show is. So you, you and I have always said you can't always judge a first se- the whole series by the first season, but it should at least be passable, like Avenue Five I think was um, enough where you can give it a good chance. Sure. Uh, and thankfully these days, um, uh, you can there can be things like Netflix where they can just take chances on second and third seasons, and it's not like network t- uh, shows where you get one season and you're out. Right, or yeah, or even canceled halfway through. Maybe sometimes. hope hope you get hope you get picked up. Yeah. Well, Space Force has not been announced to be picked up for a second season yet, but there's uh, my my thing came up uh, the other day with a whole bunch of other Netflix shows that I'm looking forward to. Hmm. So hey, uh, this week you want to run into our uh, 2020 challenge? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, this week we are talking about the 1994 romance, comedy, drama, Four Weddings and a Funeral. This is, this is Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant right. Andy McDowell, uh, John Hanna, Kristen Scott Thomas, a bunch of classic 90s actors. I have to say, as I do sometimes when we watch these shows... Um, when I was a kid, I was mm-hmm. in love with Linda Carter because she was Wonder Woman, and I was like seven, right? 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 Because uh, she was awesome, and she had the rope, and she totally kicked butt, and she was amazing. And then Is that as the a, same as no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Linda Hamilton. Oh no, no, Lin, yeah, no, not, not, not Linda Hand, Hamilton, but okay. Linda Carter, the okay. Wonder Woman. And then and then okay, I, sorry, as I, I started on. like liking girls, I thought that um um. Meg Ryan was, you know, super adorable, and and she was the kind of, course, of person of in all those shows that I liked. Um, but the 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 two other ladies that were on my oh my gosh, I just want to look at them all day was Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio <laughs> and uh, the lady that's in this show here. It's her name's escaping. Andy McDowell. Amy, Andy McDowell. Oh my gosh! Like 
it, she does exactly what made me feel that way as I'm watching this show the same way that I felt then <laughs> that she just has to say very little words and just look. And it's like your heart melts. Right? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Hugh mm. Grant does the same thing for people, but sure. She sure. barely says a yeah. whole lot of nothing in this. And she's the core center. I've, of it. I've never been, I've never been as aware of how like, uh, sort of every man Hugh Grant is. Yeah. Right. Right. He's a, He's a, I mean, he's, you know, he is charming and attractive, but he's not like, um, you know, he's not a, I don't know, Ryan Gosling kind of a, um, thing. Although with the movies we've seen for the podcast, I've become more conscious of how well Ryan Gosling can play an emotionless robot. (laughs) Right. Um, But not like, not like supermodel or male model right. attractive. Like he looks like he could be a normal dude. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's movie attractive. I, I think, but, I think his, um, his English accent and the way he li- delivers the lines are very much like you, you can be, if you were an every man like us, the, he, and you could speak like he speaks, it'd be great. Right. Like he, he'll say little quips or lines to people and it feels like, Oh yeah, that's the right thing to say at the right time. You know? Right, right. And, and yeah, very, very right. like, I mean, one of the, one of the earliest movies I remember seeing him in is, um, Notting Hill. Yeah. With, right. um, Julia Roberts. Yep. And I mean that the way that those two actors look is the, 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 the plot, the arc of that movie. Yeah. Right. He's playing, he's playing a guy who looks like Hugh Grant and she's playing a woman who looks like Julia Roberts. And is also basically Julia Roberts. She's a different name, but right. she's playing herself. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she's like personally, but as far as like what being a seen, famous yeah. actress, that's that's the character she's playing. Right. Um. And, uh, and yeah. So yeah. And, so and, that and so kind of she thing. Um, she has in this one. She like I said, Andy McDowell just has very few lines but she i mean she has a lot of lines mm-hmm. more than some people but she she doesn't say a whole right, lot like right. he talks and stumbles over himself most of the time and she just says a few things here and there and i kept wondering right. as i'm watching this whole show still being mesmerized and goo goo gaga over andy mcdowell <laughs> and the way she just is looks i i the adult me kept coming back to reality and saying like wait this other girl would be great for him or do I really want him to end up with her? Because the, she really isn't giving me a whole the lot. Kristen then. Scott Thomas character. Yeah, she she's just giving me this like lightning bolt thing that he's like yeah. destined to to be in love with her. They're with each other, which is great, wonderful, kismet, love at first sight, soulmates, all that. But besides that, there wasn't a whole lot of why they he was such infatuated with her because there were so many other people in here that were really great and charming and wonderful. I should have been rooting for them. Yeah, so I don't I don't know I don't know how much of a spoiler this is. I mean, if you've seen you know more than one romantic comedy, you can tell where this the the bulk of this story is going, but there there are things along the way that that could be so I'm going to hit the bell anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So this is the story of a uh, guy, um, story of Hugh a boy, Grant's character, right? Story of a boy. Uh, his name is Charles Charlie, who, um, 
is a committed bachelor and his circle of friends who are all, um, you know, uh, what's the word? They're, they're, they're a group of singles. Yeah. Right. And they're just, for the most part, appear to be contented in their state. You find out later that two of the men in the group are um, homosexual and, and in a relationship. relatively secret relationship because it's 1994. Yeah. Um, and the other, one of the, um, women in the group is in love with Charlie and has been for years. Mm -hmm. That's Fiona. Um, Kristen Scott Thomas's character, which I would have loved for him to end up with, by the way. Yeah. Like that, that would have been fine. Her, she's, her her aesthetic in this movie is a little bit severe, mm-hmm. especially next to the other um the the Scarlet character, who's right. kind of a um quirky Liberty Gibbet. Like, I don't know how else to describe her, but but quirky mm-hmm. character. Um and the narrative of the movie is they go they attend four weddings and one funeral. Um, not in that order. The yeah. funeral is like second or third event spoiler three weddings a funeral and a wedding right right exactly uh and there's no um there's no story outside of those events so the the one sort of unique or unusual thing to to maybe set this apart from all of the other films in this genre um is that you you get like little glimpses of of character development and story mm-hmm. and then time passes like yeah. months or in, it's very true. I don't, I don't know that it's ever, I don't know that it's ever years, but at least many months pass. Yeah. And then they're at another wedding and he, I mean, I, I didn't say this earlier, but you could figure it out probably from the synopsis on IMDb. Yeah. Um, he meets Andy McDowell's character at the first wedding. She's American. Yeah. And, they, you know, over the course of the movie, fall in love. Right. And they hook up a couple well, times. Well, it, actually, it's to believe that they, they fall in love on the first sight type thing when they first see each other. That's the, the lightning bolt right, in the, right. the thing. Yeah. That, that's, that's implied. Right. Yes. So that's the point of this show, right? The point of this show is, is the soulmates, the love at first sight type thing. That That's mm-hmm. the whole through line here. Is that when she's on screen, which she does well because just the way she looks at at the camera or at him of, you know, there's destiny right there. There there it is. That's that's the future. That's everything that I want. And he plays that really, really well. Right. And the camera plays it really well with Mm -hmm. how he follows them and how he looks over there. And then it pans to her. And it's just it's always really well done to reinforce that. Uh, Unfortunately, you know. As 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 a grown up, <laughs> older than them, or gone through mm-hmm. this whole things in life, I look at um, yeah, I, I look at the other things that are around him. And at one point, he gives up, right? He gives up in the thing, and he, I'm using air quotes here. He gives up. He decides that he's going to marry somebody because he probably should, and um, which obviously is yeah. I mean, we're in, but... we're 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 in spoilers here. So yeah. the um the older man in the group, who's kind of the the full of life Mm -hmm. you know life of the party kind of character um his is the funeral in the title yeah and um 
I mean, we're in spoilers, so I hope that you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you don't really need me to describe it. But the 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 funeral is this is this sort of catalyst for Charles to say, you know, at, at some point in the intervening months, the fourth uh, wedding is his to Fiona. Well, that he, um, it's it's that, and at the same time, his true love is married. I mean, literally at the same time, right? Right. Her her wedding, her wedding is the third. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, her wedding is the third. But like, what I'm saying is the you said like the the death was the catalyst. I think oh, I think catalyzing was, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. both those things. The fact that she so got married, so she, was she at gets her wedding, married, and then he died at the same yeah. time. That was enough to say, you know what? Yeah, and so but between those between those two events, he says. You know what? He finds out that Fiona loves him and decides, you know, that they, you know, over time, right? We don't see any of this happen, but some months later, they're getting married. And wait, wait, wait. They, you know, he calls off the wedding because. Wait, wait. It's not. Let me make sure we're getting names here right. Fiona. Are we talking about the girl that confessed her love to him or are we talking the friend or. Yeah. That, that's not who that's he married. Fiona. He married. He married the old girlfriend who always was infatuated with him. Oh, you're right. You're right. Right. Okay. Sorry. Right. The, that's the 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 the, the, it's, the it's, friend. It's that, been a little longer f- for me. It's been about a week since I right. saw this. And uh, the the, 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 the he detail. gets that. That's the, that was a, like the little I guess kind of sad part to me is that like the girl who truly loved him and knew that like I don't know why he, she thought that he wouldn't love her. Um, but she expressed that that kind of went nowhere. And that was a little sad. I, I thought like she was. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. It, it was great. She had that little conversation with the older lady about being a lesbian type thing, which I thought was very, you know, in hindsight, you look right. back, it was very well planned because she comes out and says the thing about being in love with somebody and trying to get it past it, but can't. And it's, she's just doomed to be that way. And it is what it is. And you don't know it's the main character of the yeah. show until it is. And when that happens, they have such a great little barely anything said on the screen moment where he kind of walks to her and holds her hand and she is clearly tearing up, but not really being reserved. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, Oh, come on, man. That's it's the very, one. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, and then when he it's, he, it's all go ahead. It's all very English. It's very English. And when he goes and they show him like year, uh, a year later, whatever it is, and he's getting married my real hope was this is because I, I I thought I had seen this movie, but I had not. My real hope there at the end was that mm-hmm. like, oh, the fourth wedding is going to be where he finally realizes that that love can be right there in front of him, and he just has to stop pining for this one soulmate type crazy stuff and accept the one who really truly does love him. And I thought it was going to be that friend of his, and it wasn't, and it made me sad. But that's right. <laughs> It ended up with the whole yes, true love, soulmates thing, and exact exactly what you expect is going to happen. Yeah, does happen eventually. and it was sweet, and I'm not complaining about that. It's fine, but I just uh, don't that think that old girlfriend is is named Henrietta. Henrietta, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I was con- confusing the details there, and then he finds out that um, Carrie, the Andy McDowell character, is um, separated from yeah. her husband. And so he calls off the wedding. Yeah, that's that's the thing about and... that too was that it, I didn't like Andy McDowell's character that part either because 
You know, he told her that he loved her. It would not expect her to say it back. But at no point does she tell him that, by the way. And she just keeps kind of taking, I guess, and saying like, oh, I, I, I'm, I like that you said that. She just, it feels like she's leading yeah. him on so hard the whole time. Yeah. And not until she's yeah. finally divorced I mean, it, and he's going to get get married does she finally say, oh, I do love you. It's a little bit, uh, dare I say, misogynistic writing. Yeah, right. Um, right. For where sure. You, I mean, for the most part, Charles is always, you know, sympathetic. Like, you're yeah. always seeing things from his side, except for the Fiona character. Yeah. Right. Um, which was which was a good, I thought, a good, good part in there that they did. They didn't. So... Yeah. Something I didn't like about this, I liked it on the whole. You know, this is I like sappy shows. I I do. I'm not gonna lie, but um, sure. Uh, sure. I, I wish that I really by the end of the sh- end, or three quarters of the way, the third act, I really started to like the group of friends. Like I, they all mm-hmm. really grew on me. Even the, like the goofy dude who always says like they don't take him smart and stuff. That dude I really liked. I liked uh, the boyfriends that were <laughs> together. Like both of those guys were amazing. Fiona the the roommate. Like they were all good, and it, by the third act, I would there were I wanted to have more with them than anything. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of there were a lot of cute little side stories with um, Bernard ah, and Bernard, uh, right? His the his the, wife. the the girl that he, that they have a, a sort of funny thing, and then they get married. That's so good. Or like um, the the girl and and Charles's brother who is deaf. Yeah, right. Um, they have a they have a cute um little story. They they end up do they end up um, getting married in the credits? I think they showed that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the they do a in the credits they do a whole where are they now segment. Yeah. Right. Uh, Which is nice. Catching up on all those on all those uh, Yeah. Well, I, I wish that they, they I wish that I could see a, a little bit more of the movie with that friendship. I know that wasn't the point. It just ended up being good actors playing good parts and they became as interesting as the the main story. So I, I'm not that's not a knock on the show. It's just, you know, bravo for these secondary actors who did a great job with their roles and, and their and their yeah. parts. Yeah. Um so I started this whole conversation saying that Andy McDowell was the, the gem of the thing I wanted to watch, but in the end <laughs> I felt that that was the only thing that made her a compelling character was just that she had a look but it wasn't necessarily her character right. or her acting. There was so much better stuff around her acting and characters and people that were better in this movie than just the Andy McDowell, Jim look type thing. Mm-hmm. Did you like this? This is, uh, this is the second movie on our list with, uh, with Andy McDowell. And I think, Oh unless yeah. I'm forgetting one. Oh, um, what's the other one? The other was uh, Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Again, I get her and Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio mixed up. Matter of fact, last night I watched Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, just to make sure that they were different, which they are. She she is the Maid Marian in that movie. I got I got to look this up now. Mar- Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. They, they just I don't, they have the same kind of I a look, but I, I think uh, Master Antonio is better. Master Antonio, yeah. That's a that's quite a, quite a name. That's a um, and she's been in several things. Yeah, that's quite a name. So I had to look up. I had to look up yeah, uh, uh, Groundhog's Day last night too to make sure that it wasn't it was Andy McDowell in Groundhog's Perfect Day. Perfect Storm. And by the way, I think I would, she was better in Groundhog's yeah, Day. Yeah, 
I don't think I would I would get these two confused, but um, I do. I don't know why it's stupid. Probably some nineties. I know. Uh, Anne McDowell has a unique look that I would recognize, and I also would not have been able to name um, Maid Marian from Prince of Thieves. Oh yeah, that that's a name. And that's not on our list. We should watch me- that memorized, I guess. But the uh, yeah, it's that that's one that's unique name. Sorry. Right, I, and I can't think of. When I think of Andy McDowell in Groundhog's Day and when I think of Andy McDowell in this one, it's it's clearly her. It's clearly and she plays a pivotal role in both. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I that she was the like the strong character or actress in any of those movies, either of those movies, I should say. Sure. Well, I mean, you got to you got to bring something more to the table if you're going to stand out against bill murray yeah yeah right. and, yeah you've gotta be you've gotta be dan Aykroyd or right. something and i don't, i'm definitely not putting that on her because that's i think in both those movies her character just wasn't written to be a fully interesting character in no general. i mean i mean groundhog day is and we talked about this in the groundhog day episode but that's that's a love story too yeah but it's really all about bill murray's character right you know coming to coming to care about someone more than he cares about himself. Yeah. I may, maybe I think you've maybe hit the nail on the head earlier when you said like misogynistic writing, don't want to get into that kind of a topic, but I think it's fair to be said. <laughs> I think that when you're writing a love story and it's written by more men and from a male perspective, right. They tend to have weaker written female relationship counterparts and Andy McDowell and those two circumstances just happened to get the short end of the stick. Unfortunately, they could have done better with her and it's not her fault. Yeah. And writers. And I mean, this, this movie has a pretty large cast for, for a a romance movie. Um, I mean, there's the whole story with, um, the John Hanna character, right? And he, he quotes that, um, that piece of literature I'm not familiar with, but um, in a, you know, memorable sort of moving scene. I, I, I'm not used to seeing John Hanna in this kind of role. Like he, in everything I've seen him in is either like, he's at best a compelling villain or like an anti-hero of some kind. Okay. Or goofy. Like, um, because remember he was in the mummy or just goofy. Yeah. Yeah, his his character in the mummies is kind of goofy. In um, uh, the Spartacus series, he was the uh, Ludus Ludista, mm-hmm. whichever one of those words. I don't speak Latin, but he ran the gladiator school. Yeah, right. So he was a Roman slave owner, and he gives this big. I mean, that's sort of the show. The show is kind of big, and so he gives these big. Um, uh, speeches and things it's actually kind of similar to deadwood in its writing but more more violent yeah. in a in a sort i don't know if you've seen that i, show. I haven't i think and we he, talked he's about also it when in, we watched uh, he's also an agents of shield gladiator he plays a, a villain right uh, his yeah his his character needs is is he a villain i feel like he went I mean, back and forth i mean i don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen that but yeah he's a villain no, I've I've been through that part. I think he sort of becomes a villain. Yeah, he, but he, he, he it's starts one, it's out one of those. Like, it's one of those like you know he's a villain because his ideology, I ideal, what are ideals? 
ideology. Yeah, ideology is different than it's other ideals. people's. Okay. Like the you know, AI is sure. just as valuable. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, the yeah. the, the, just, the character he, was, little, he had a good a he had a good selfish. written part in this. That's that's kind of maybe went mm-hmm. a roundabout way. What I was kind of meant, trying to think about with um, Andy McDowell's character is that you know he was uh, that guy's role. He had some good lines and some good good spots, and if they gave him good lines, they just maybe didn't give Andy McDowell mm-hmm. a lot to to do there. That being said, they also gave some of the other female characters very little lines and they did a lot with them. So to make them interesting. Sure. sure. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll repeat the question. Did, did you like this movie? Uh, boy, that's tough. It's tough. I watched this with my family. Um, oh, that's rough. I, know <laughs> I say that. Yeah. I, well, I was like, Oh, this is a romantic, uh, Hugh Grant movie. It's going to be like, um, like Notting Hill or something like that. Right. I'm like, well, we already had the notebook. I don't know why we need another uh, romance movie in here, but uh, who knows? Maybe there's something unique about it. I, I had not seen this, but from the title and seeing Hugh Grant in it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be just like Notting Hill. I think I just said that. Um, and and so I watched this with my whole family. Well, I mean, not all of them, but uh, both my parents um and my two sisters who are here and um, the movie starts out like the first 10 lines of dialogue are just the F word. (laughs) Right. 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 From when he wakes up, like they're late. Right. Right. And all they say in the whole process of them, them get, it's like, it's clever. It's good filmmaking. Right. Um, But it's, it's a little awkward. Like I think my youngest sister was like, uh, the, that movie was dumb. <laughs> and I think mom said, um, that's, that wasn't as good as I remembered. <laughs> right. They, they were not, they're not on board. Um, but you know, mom doesn't like anything with a lot of language or yeah. uh, things like that. Um, I, th- this one, this one for me is probably, uh maybe maybe not the top but close to the top on this on this poster of being my question mark like yeah why why is this why is this here i mean we like, ha- we have the notebook as as <laughs> right right as as often happens i'll you know have a certain you know perspective certain thought before we start talking about the movie and then in the course of our conversation um you know i'll i'll maybe get convinced more one way or the other to just from getting that other perspective i mean that's what that's what conversation and discourse is and should be but um as we've talked about it and i thought about it more um i don't know if you want to go out of out of spoilers and do yeah we can do, do final, final judgments, judgments yeah, that's kind of where we're at yeah. a little bit um talking about it and thinking about it more I can see so in the spoiler section I said this this movie is high on my list of why is this on the poster? Yeah. Um why is this on the list? Um and as we talked about it and as I thought about it um I see a lot of things in this movie in this in the story not as much in the story more so in the in the movie making the the cinematography the um 
you know, sort of choreography, some of the dialogue, just the 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 conceptual framework of telling a story in these five um, events, social gatherings, and anybody who's attended more than one wedding, which is, I assume, basically everyone, right, um, knows how uh, how weird and unusual that experience is right like i mean as you uh, i don't know at least for me like as i get older it's less it's it, it it's both less often and it's and it's less of a impactful event unless it's somebody very close to me um but you attend a wedding and it's and it's different it's weird like you're looking at life through a different lens yeah it's like um you know the the proverbial mountaintop experience except without you know a mountaintop experience is always implied to be this uh ext- like ecstasy yeah but um it's just you're taken fully out it's like being on vacation but even more intense like you're taken out of your your d- routine of life and have to look at the world through you don't have to but you end up looking at the world through this through this very different lens um and so and then of course a funeral is the same way yeah uh but from the complete other side right and so they tell this whole story just through that lens these characters are always in that lens we don't see them in their day-to-day lives we see them attending a wedding which which i think is is the is the main uh thing about this movie that maybe we didn't give it enough credit for but is Maybe yeah, why so, someone would put so this on the poster sort of, is, that, is that we just, it's a very different kind of way to storytell and just what I would think is maybe maximum of eight days, like maybe two for each time the day after sometimes they'd show. Right. Sp- spread, spread out over a, like a year and a half or something. Right. So, so um, it is a very unique so, way to storytell. I will say that. That's, that sort of brought me to um, a perspective of, of one this is not completely the kind of movie that it seems from the the time it was made and the actors who are in it and the title and the synopsis like yeah. the those four things being a romantic movie with the summary that it has uh starring Hugh Grant and called for having the word wedding weddings in the title um and being made in the mid 90s all of those things combined to to seem to me like this is going to be notting hill or yeah um um i don't know my best friend's wedding yeah or hope floats or any of those uh romantic comedies from the 90s or romantic comedy dramas whatever you want right a combination of, of genres to make that uh um overall overall category um yeah and i think that, so i think that these... there there are a lot of things there are a lot of things that make this stand out from that genre um the story the setting as as we said it does have a little bit of profanity in it which is well not a little bit it has a lot in certain segments it doesn't have a lot compared to something like deadwood yeah sure. but nothing does right. um and so so there's that um, and so all of those things together 
make me look at this movie and say, oh, this seems like it's going to be X, but it's actually Y. And it's not, it's not fully different, right? The, yeah. the story goes mostly the way that you expect it to go. Right. Um, and I don't know if it which does is, a whole which is lot sort of things of a, different. I know, I know it does. We get good performances out of the, the, the side characters and, and mm-hmm. that makes them, you know, worth watching, not just worth watching. They make them, you know, enjoyable to watch, but I don't, I don't know if it does anything more than what it is. Really? I mean, the four weddings in a funeral part, I give it for that. I'll give it the hook for that. But there's a lot yeah. of things that are hooks that are I wouldn't put on a top 100 list as that's their only reason really to do, to watch this. I for me I I I don't I want to say that I would not put it on my list. I the reason I say that is because just of the things that you just mentioned, the movies that you had had noted um are just as deserving to be on this as this one is. When I'm not saying they deserve to be on this, but it fits right in that category with them. And I'm like, yeah. if they're not even mentioned, yeah. why is this one? And I can actually think of ones that are better that have same kind of different little hooks, but are still good. And I will say Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. Like those, if we're putting things in mm. categories as to why they're on the list, those things are all better than this one is. And and this one is not right. bad, I just don't know why it's a you you have to watch a hundred movies before you die, or yeah. these are the top hundred, or whatever yeah. you want to say for a hundred of a list of something, why this one deserves to be on here and those other ones are not. I mean, we also in this list have Dirty Dancing, right? We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. I think I was when when you named those movies, I was a little bit eh, but I mean, I think uh you've got mail gets gets some bonus points just as being a uh like time capsule right to right. see like it's like watching seinfeld where you're like oh yeah that's what that's what the internet was like oh right 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 1998 or whatever right yeah movie the, well that, that's the, that um, would to, when we compare those two movies i say that the in when we have this movie and that movie you have at least two phenomenal performances by phenomenal actors that make you feel a certain way by their acting alone. And that is extremely commendable. And this one, the writing and the setting was good. And I think uh, Hugh Grant was good, but I don't know if all of them were so stellar compared to let's say you've got mail. But actually when we say I mentioned um, sleepless in Seattle, because um, while four weddings and a funeral has this thing about we're only seeing these people on these four days, uh, sleep in Seattle has the these people have never seen each. It's a love story about people who never see each other until the last scene, right? Right, and right. and that's and that's well, well, I guess and, she sees him. Really, I guess a little bit, but when she's and and him. really, you've you've got mail is sort of a different twist on that on that concept too. Um, yeah, you've got mail is a remake it. of a. Of an old movie with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I called Shop Around the Corner. Oh, I've, right. I've seen that. It's, I I like it. It's not as, it doesn't have quite the same charm as the remake, right? Um, because it's just different in a different era. Right. There's also a third movie with um Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan that I really enjoy. Have, have you ever seen Joe versus the Volcano? <laughs> I know you're gonna say that, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I I think I saw it once or twice. <laughs> And uh, I watched it once and kind of semi-enjoyed it, but I didn't really get it. I watched it the second time and it was mm-hmm. way too cynical watching it. And then I'm like, 
You know what? Someday okay. I need to watch this when I'm in a better mood, and I haven't yet. So I, I need to pull that out and 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 just it's, enjoy that. Movie. It's very quirky and, and very strange. It's yes. a it's it's kind of a classic in in my family. That, that's why I think I need to watch um, it because I think I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it the first time, but didn't get it. And I was silly when I watched it the second time, or not silly enough. Right? That 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 seems like a movie that. I think I would probably put on a bucket list. Sure. And almost almost anybody who watched it like we're doing now on this podcast would go, why is this movie on, on this list? And then I, have to I really, want to watch it again. Have I, to really I, think I about it. it and, uh, um, yeah. The, and say as like as like an unusual love story. Um, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely fits that. Well, I, I my, my final verdict on that was that, that I am. This is a movie that I would not put put on the list, but I, it is not because it is a bad movie or it is not good or it is not enjoyable to watch, which it is. And I think that you uh, can watch it and you can enjoy it. And if anybody asked me, should I watch this? I would say, sure. I totally would recommend it. So it's All by right. no fault of its own that I wouldn't put it on this list. I just don't know if it's a one of the hundred best movies to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, yeah, there's not like a thousand good movies to watch. There totally is. But... Or here's another one. How about this one? Fifty it's, First Dates. Have you seen that one? Uh, yeah, with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, right. I mean, that's got a super hook that she, she, you know, she, she has lived she one has day. A, I'm not a big, I'm, I'm not a big Drew Barrymore fan, so that kind of uh, sure hooks that one in my, sure. in my although Adam Sandler is, is very good in it. Yeah, that's I think one of his best uh, roles. Okay, well I think we got it. We got it. we we got four, four weddings and yeah, a funeral. Yeah. It was. It was okay. We we didn't lose our time like some of the things we watched in this movie on this list. But <laughs> it was good. So what do we got next? What's coming up next week? All right, next week is another sad one. We've oh, got, don't, uh, sad one. Pianist. Wait, why was this one from, sad? That's uh. You well, no, this one wasn't sad, oh. but we have had like we have I don't know. Gangs of New York was kind of sad. We have had sad. the pianist. Oh, um, oof, okay. The pianist. I have to. This is from 2002. It's Adrian Brody, set in in World War II. It's I remember it being very sad. I, I have not seen this many years. I, I think I have only seen, seen it, the so. trailer once, and I think the trailer made me feel depressed and sad. And I thought I don't want to watch this. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's okay, also all right. Two and, what, and a half what, hours what, long. So two and a half so hours. We'll schedule out some time. Yeah. I mean, wait, is it? Tell me, is it a World War II Holocaust movie? Uh I don't I don't I don't think Holocaust. Um Adrian Brody's character is Jewish. Um I think it's just him trying to survive most of the movie. Okay. And you said sad, so he's gonna die in the end. No! Okay, all right, we're gonna do this. We're, we're gonna make it I, happen. I I, I I don't remember whether and I don't think that's Can't we the watch case, Goonies instead? Goonies sure. is <laughs> We we watched Goonies All right, movie. fine. Hey, I'm watching the uh Olaf has uh reunions. What's uh Josh Gad has Josh Gad. Uh, and he's I'm watching the Goonies one now, so it makes me uh it's so funny because a few of those people Goonies made it to superstardom and some of them definitely not. So it's it's great to see them all talk on the right. on the on the Zoom chat and they're wasn't, all normal people. Wasn't one of the Corys in that? Yeah, Corey Feldman's in that. And he's still Corey Feldman. He's very much yeah. like a hey, I'm actually really famous guys. You should you know, pay attention to how famous I am. I'm like, yeah. So which 
Which so it was the other no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Stand By Me and I'm thinking of River Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, no, River I'm Phoenix and Wesley Crusher always get mixed mixed there, up. So. Th- there there was one of those Corys who passed away like seven or eight years ago. Corey Haim, yeah. Obviously wasn't Corey Haim. Corey Haim, that's yeah. it. Corey Corey Feldman it Is was he the there. one who wore his sunglasses at night? Yeah, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman were in a, a lot of shows together back Corey. in the nineties or eighties, right. I think. But yeah, uh, no, it, it's good because you know you you're seeing these rich and famous now super famous like um, Sean Astin mm-hmm. and um, uh, Thanos are, are on on the thing, and they're talking right. to these people who are have lived the last thirty years just like you and I, like insurance salesmen and stuff, you know, as, as uh, normals, normal. But they're all so nice and happy and warm and and excited, and they're all saying their quotes and joking, and it's really fun. So. If anybody's nice. thinking about some nice. fun nostalgic things and want to just be nostalgic giddy, go watch uh, Josh Gad's um, reunion shows on YouTube. They're they're very fun and touching. Cast, cast reunions. Yeah. Okay. I think we're good. Yes. All right. You have been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 145. Special thanks to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News. That's a movie news and reviews podcast. I think they're starting up again pretty soon. Um, And LRM Online, that's a tech, geeky, not tech, but geeky blog kind of thing our buddy Fox writes for. Yep. Um, They're pretty cool. Uh, If you like Star Trek or role-playing podcasts, you can check out our other show. It's called Klingons and Dragons. It's not safe for work. Don't put it on the kids in the car. We should have a next, we should have a new episode up by the time this episode airs. If you want to reach out to us, tell us what movie you would put on a bucket list in place of Four Weddings and a Funeral, or if we're completely wrong and and it and it holds up in 2020, uh, you can reach out to us on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. It's contact forms, all that stuff. Or if you're old school, you can email us directly, frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts. All all those things, all those places. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.